Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast, the podcast for professional turf managers. Here, we talk about the profession, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning and operating a turf management company. Whether this is your first year in the business or your 20th, our discussions and special guests will help you continue to grow a successful business. Now, here are your hosts with 35 plus years in the green industry, Kevin and Doug. Hey, welcome back to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again for another week. It is myself, Kevin Salters, with our co-host, Douglas Gray, about 300 miles down the coast. How was your week this week, Doug? Good. Nope, you know, a little busy this week, early in the week. Um, no, I think we're uh, I think we're just getting to the end of seed season. Um, you know, as orders come in, you know, it's ten bags. <laughs> you know, instead of ten five pallets. bags. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been a long. I will say it's probably been a long seeding season. To be honest, um, I don't remember last year being this long. And I, you know, last year we couldn't grow grass. Anyway. That's true. You know what? You're right. So, um, it's, it's been interesting. A lot of good stuff out there. A lot of bad stuff. Um, like, you know, like we talked about, you know, the grub issues and insect issues in turf. Um, you know, but this week was the, uh, the cause of the after effect of insects on trees. It seemed for me. Um, and, uh, you know, Oddly enough, it's something that I guess none of us really, not enough of us do in our industry is tree and shrub care. Um, but, you know, and oddly enough, like our webinar that's happening or seminar that's happening next Wednesday on October 25th, we don't really talk about ornamentals that much. And I, you know, something that I will in the future because, you know, if you're interested in tree and shrub care, there's a great market for that. Um, you know, not just, you know, tick controls and mosquitoes, and it seems like everybody's jumping onto that, but ornamental care and, you know, tree care. When I say turf or tree care, I'm talking about, you know, trees that are less than 15 foot tall and, um, you know, shrubs around the house. I mean, yeah, of course you could deep root feed the big trees and whatnot, but the liability issue on that for spraying is, a, you know, another issue on its own. Um, I don't fault anybody or I don't knock anybody for trying to do it. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I never, when I did tree and shrub care, I never went to that route. Um, I just did like smaller trees and, uh, uh, shrubs around the, uh, foundation foundation and whatnot. Um, but it seemed to be a lot of calls about bagworm not being diagnosed. Um, and then, you know, arborvitae is just, 90% 90% gone and smoked homeowner thinking that they want to get them back. And it's just, <laughs> it's amazing it's, how fast bagworm can go after yep. an arm. I had a, um, one of our customers, she's a sweet older lady in her eighties. You would never think that she's above 60. I mean, walk in every day and her yard is meticulous. And she called and she saw three bagworms and she was good enough to see them. She says, can you treat? I'm like, I'll get it tomorrow. She goes, is that too late? And I'm like, they do move fast, but that's not, <laughs> not too, that too fast. late. Right. Um, but yeah, what a, she's just a, a gem. But yeah, I've, I've been on some properties where I've seen them in neighbor's yard and or they were a div- divisional row, hedgerow on a, on a customer. Leave them a note, shoot them a, an email. And he says, those are not mine, but I will definitely 
tell my neighbor what's going on and it smoked they were like 12 footers it's like gone yeah. just gone and it dude i mean it's it's like army worms man i mean they're not as fast as army worms but almost yeah um, i think because they're the so elusive i mean granted yeah. army worm are elusive as well but um i think most people are looking down than looking up and yeah and, very true and with evergreens, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, but they need to lose 30% of their needles. Just deciduous trees lose their trees. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you see some yellowing at first on some of these species, they think, ah, it's just doing its thing. And people really don't know the timing of needle drop on some of our conifers. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes unnoticed. And at that time, it can be the <laughs> the difference of saving or losing the tree or the. Sh you know, it, it's just. Um, another, like another thing that we were, I was looking at was some Alberta spruces today, um, spider or mites. not today, yesterday. And the amount of red spiders mm. mites that were on this thing still was, uh, wow. I'm actually surprised the tree had that much, uh, live growth on it, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, that tree could be saved cause it was just a hot spot. That was like a, a spot that was full sun that was being affected, so to say, um, and uh, that that could be salvaged, um, but you know, um, interestingly enough, or oddly enough as well, they had a mugo pine uh, sitting, not sitting, but in the ground next to it, Scale. real small one, low grow, no um, sawfly. Really? And um, yeah, I, I didn't see active sawfly, but I saw the carcass, yeah, or not the carcass, the uh, the egg uh, sack, and I was like, wow, wow, don't tell me. You know, this is coming next. You know what I mean? Because um, I think I spoke about this on a previous podcast about a uh, outbreak that we had. And this was probably, I'm, I'm going to say 2004, 2005. We had an outbreak of bagworm that was just ungodly bad that year and sawfly. And it was up in the central Jersey market around Bordentown area. I guess, you know, whether that's central or still South Jersey, that depends on who you talk to in New Jersey. Um, to me, for me, it's central. Um, and it was just unbelievable. I've never just just like some of the grub problems I've seen this year. I haven't seen anything like it, you know, in a long time. And, um, you know, I think it's something that we have to be cognizant of the fact in our industry that we may see major outbreaks of insects next year. Um, you know, whether it's turf or ornamental, um, you know, the other thing I've seen a lot of this year is lace bug on azaleas and other trees and shrubs. Um, you know, oddly enough, I have not seen a lot of scale except for, um, the euonymus scale, which is that's almost every year that's known. Yeah. That's, um, uh, you, you plant know, one of those, I, you should expect it. Yeah. That I big mean, galls. I, I, I usually see them on the hollies in front of my windows in my front of my house and, I haven't seen them there this year. So um, I don't know. It's uh, I hope I'm wrong, but it just, just the way I'm seeing this, it just leads me to believe that next year might be oh, that boy. year that insects are going to be a problem. Um, it, and at well, the end of the day, they it all were comes this down year. to the kind of weather we're having. <laughs> yeah, huh? they were this year. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, and you, you know, it unfortunately is going to escalate. Just let's just go back to grub just because of, maybe the lack of control that's being done in cultural practices of, of using different products and the populations here. So, you know, the beetle population is, is going to expand. Now, I don't want to throw groundhog hogs day because you say it all the time, but one, it's 
raining like Dickens up here in Connecticut. Um, I went to go to a lawn today, so I finished round four today. Thank goodness, after getting stuck again. But be that as it may, <laughs> um, one of the builders that I work for called. They put in a new lawn. They have open house, and it's it's yellow. And as I've said it before, many many times, the other neighborhoods that I work on, you can tell chronologically from when a home was built. The first ones had great topsoil that they left, and as they're working their way out of the community, skimp, yep. skimping away, you know, and uh, it's like that last beer. You're taking those tiny little sips because you know it's the last one left. But I get to this house, and it is the dead last one, and I'm looking at the soil, and I can just see. I mean, I tried to put in my posting sign. I couldn't get it in the ground, and it's raining out. So I'm like, well, here we go. It's yellow. Then I look at the blade of grass that they planted. Hmm. Someone didn't go to a landscape supply store, let's say. Um, so anyway, I'm in that neighborhood checking out all my lawns that I did probably three weeks ago. And of course, everyone has got fall on their mind. So they've dropped the deck right down to putting green style, which is just frustrating because they cut the color out of it. But there's disease again. <laughs> Here we are in really? October. Yeah, we got red thread. Really? Uh-huh. It's interesting. There's. I don't know if I've ever seen red thread in the fall before. I And it's, they're not... It's not like crazy. I th- I one lawn I got out to look at, and I'm like, I should have taken some, taken some pictures. And there's freaking red thread on this lawn. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Hmm. That's interesting. There's, it just, I, I blame that area literally on the health of the soil that's there. This is a very new development. The organic matter is horrible in that soil. We're just fighting all kinds of things. And I actually want to talk to you about what we can, what I can offer to these customers, to quickly kind of come around that corner what what do you what's your recommendation for building up nutrients back in the soil trying to get some micros in there you know all that organic material that has to be built up and it's going to take a couple of years but we have to start with something well the first thing is uh you know obviously take a soil test um and let's see what's going on in the soil see where the organic matter is see where the cc's are see where your calcium levels are calcium the mag ratios things like that and obviously the pH, um, but sometimes pH can be adjusted just by adjusting calcium uh, calcium to mag ratios and things like that. So, I mean, that's the first thing you can can look at. Um, and then you know, there's there's products out there to help um, improve CECs. You know, products that, that have humus in it. Um, high doses of humic acid uh, will help. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, products out there that can help these situations and um you know chicken poultry can help um you know i'm i'm probably going to be i can probably tell you that this new black soldier fly larvae product will help in a situation like that from what i'm seeing um i actually had a customer put some down at a golf course the other day and uh he called me and this is two 10 days ago i guess it was yeah and he called me on wednesday and said i'm seeing some really positive results out of it so um he he wasn't having any issues per se but he saw some really good color response 10 days after application and he checked his roots and don't get me wrong he's using other things as well it's not just what this is but he said his roots are a lot healthier and um uh seemed like he was producing a lot of white hairs off the roots. So um, new shoot, so to say. Um, so 
you know, there's a lot of things out there that can help in these situations. Um, I have products other people do. Um, so I think the big thing is, um, you know, taking that so- the, fo- the soil test is the first step. And Literally, like, and- it's going to be impressive to get a core into it. That's how bad it is. It's crazy. Yeah. But no, I mean, you know, obviously, I have to do that. You, but... Sometimes you got to take a shovel. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, no, I and, get that. Uh, yep. You know, so but I think that's the first step um, instead of trying to do a guessing game. But, I, you know, I think there's organic compost, you know, like I've mentioned to you already and posted on social media. I do have a new uh, organic compost product with humus coming, which I definitely will would think would help in a situation like that. That can um, in that situation, it would be a high dose a few times a year, um, you know, but I definitely think something like that will work with, with chicken poultry and uh, things like that. So, um, but again, first step, soil test. Yeah, I just, I want to come up with a plan or program that can be offered to this because there's another development that's going, it, it's in progress and I know um, it, it's going to be the same builder. So I'm going to have more of these houses and it's just, it's, it's not nice. It's Oh, I think we see it all over the country. We get these new developments that have just, you know, lackluster soil conditions. And we try to do our basic programs on these things. And they just, certain times of the year, okay, they're okay. But then when you get into the heat of the battle, they peter out or don't respond. And that's, you know, that's where some of these newer type technologies can help those soils um, rejuvenate, so to say, recharge the soil. Um, And, uh, you know, back when I was doing lawn care, you know, we had a lot of new construction going here in New Jersey. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still have some, but not like it was back in, say, between 95 and 2005. Um, And, man, I used to pull my hair out, but these type products were not – they just weren't as readily available back then. Chicken poultry, maybe, but some of these other humic acid type products. Um, let me rephrase that. They were probably available. They just weren't sold into lawn care, you know, in my opinion. Um, you know, so we didn't really have all those tools. Our first line of defense, oh, let's lime the hell out of it. <laughs> you know, to, that's everyone's yeah. answer. Go to an yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, calcium's important. Um, but at the same time, there are there are some really good, really good products in today's market that can help these situations. And they're not just, you know, from turf trade or from other companies as well. And um it's you know, use use these type products as a selling point to these type properties and make more money and uh um, and also just be, you're being different than everybody else. So, um, create a platform for, um, how, what's that word, word I'm looking for, not just a lawn care program, but like a turf management management program or turf nutrition program, or even soil nutrition program to help these situations. So, um, they're out there. You just gotta be willing to put in the time to do it. And, uh, you know, maybe carry a, a pallet of a product for these situations uh, on every round, and it's going to be different than most of your other applications. So, yeah, I it's definitely something I need to have in my repertoire and 
be a little bit more vocal to those customers in, in need of it. And, and again, I think this year just raised its ugly head one. Um, what I see from that because of the amount of water we've had up here in New England is just it doesn't have the staying power of color and that there's just nothing for it to hold. Well, you know, you know, it, it goes for like drainage issues, too. You know, one of my sod farms um, that I deal with, you know, when I first started doing doing business with him, his first question that he asked me he goes, man, when it rains, this property just holds water and I just lose part of my field because it just stays there and it just doesn't go away. And I'm like, all right, so we got to make your soil more porous. Okay. I got you. So we took uh, one of my products and uh, we did it at two gallons to the acre. And, you know, this is him, not me. And anybody wants to call him, they can call him. Um, Like two weeks, three weeks after he put it down the first time he called me and he goes, dude, a day later, it was totally drained. Really? Uh, Yeah. I, it's not even it's not even an exaggeration it just it's an expensive application and he was willing to do it um and uh i couldn't believe that he was willing to do it but he was and i mean it was a long shot because i didn't really know but i just knowing what it's comprised of i was like okay this should help at least right and i was and I was pleasantly surprised. We had like a like a four or five inch rain event in like two or three days long, and uh, day after that thing stopped, he's just like, dude. And he didn't. I mean, he didn't open the soil with cores before. Nope, nope. It was just an area. It's kind of his terrain is a little. Uh, it's not totally flat, um, so it's a little. What do we, what do we call that? Um. I don't know what you call that. So it's 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 not that it's like, you know, up and down, so to say. It's just this one area is a low-lined area that holds water. And now that he's been doing this for the last couple of years, don't get me wrong, he doesn't do the two gallons of the acre right now. <laughs> um, but um, since he's been doing like every, every six to eight weeks, I think he's doing a gallon. Um, and since then, um, he doesn't have the standing water problem long term. So um, <laughs> I'm going to be an ass. So would Go you? Ahead. So would you call this aeration? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. I guess. There you go, Christo. You know, I don't. I guess I never thought of it like that with it, this. Technically, right? Um, I guess technically it, it is doing it since it's opening up the pores of the soil. Um, just like I was saying when Chris was on <laughs> about my front yard being. Uh, dry as a not dry as a bone, but no squishiness after uh, I put those products down. Um, hmm, it's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I might have to try to combine this with a starter fertilizer now. So, um, so is this product a secret that you're you're? No, what, it's what, what it's is one it? of my products that I have. What, what, um, which one? It's one of my most popular products that I have, and um, it's you know, <laughs> it's. It's my number one selling product, and I think it's Turf Trade's number one selling product. <sighs> you got me trying to guess now. <laughs> oh, come on. You should know what it is. <laughs> um, so I'm going to bring out a situation. I have – you've been to it, uh, the Bubble Sports World, the mm-hmm. soccer facility. He has a field, one of them, that he, he really needs to regrade, and he – doesn't have the budget for it right now only because of the playtime that he'll lose. The, the mm-hmm. facility is rented out 365 by a premier soccer club and then lacrosse in the wintertime. 
Mm-hmm. He just redid all the fake turf inside the bubble, and it looks amazing. They're doing mm-hmm. remodeled the inside. They're actually putting a bar in there, which is cool as hell. Uh, they're doing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yep. Wait a minute. Yep. You gonna have drug soccer yep. parents yep. watching practice now? Yep. Oh boy. And. Kyle, if he goes into referees there, should have a great time. Oh, my. Um, well, sidebar. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen that way. Sidebar, Kyle went to go ref at a um, Catholic school, two different Catholic schools and private boarding schools. This was yesterday, and he came home. He goes, they got to pay me double for those. He goes, the parents are brutal. I'm like, they're Catholic. He goes, Dad, I'll go into the inner city. I'll go here and there, and you get respect from some of the minority people in that play the game and know the game these people just don't know what they're talking about and they are ruthless on the sideline <laughs> like woo! Uh, trust <laughs> me i stuff. know man it's it drove me like it drove me away from the from the sport um even it, it wasn't just that it was just because my daughter was going to the next level but um also and you know look you know i wish there was a stat out there that showed <laughs> The, I mean, I think there's a, a stat out there that shows the percentage of pe- kids that stop playing sports by the time they get to high school um, or that they just play high school sports and that's it. They don't go on to the, the next level. Uh, and I know there's stats out there. I've seen them. I just don't know the numbers off the top of my head. But, um, you know, it's uh, – how do I say this? It is a problem in this country because, look – College is expensive. <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement. Just, to go, just because I know these numbers off the top of my head, um, I spent a lot of money, or I never rephrase that. I did not have to spend a lot of money, but if I did, my daughter didn't get a scholarship to go play soccer at Virginia Tech. It would end up costing me two hundred and thirty thousand dollars for her to go to college. Um, yeah, we had some money set aside, but one thing I will tell you, and I think I've said this, is that. You know, we have to open our eyes a little bit. And if your kid is truly gifted, by all means, keep them going. But, you know, if they're not, the money that you spend in travel soccer with all the hotels, Mm -hmm. all the travel tournaments all over the country that you go to, it's probably fifteen to $20,000 a year. And guess what? In eight years... It's your college. You got a good (laughs) chunk of money for your kid to go to college. And... Um, you know, I was lucky on that standpoint. I'll be the first one to tell you, but I also knew at a very young age that my daughter was going to be an exceptional soccer player. And it wasn't just for me saying it was people were telling me this and even friends, you know, her teammates, parents, you know, like, my God, man, you know, whatever. Um, but I could also tell you the flip side of that. I also, my, my son loved playing playing the sport and he just that when he turned 14 he's like i don't want to play anymore he so he started playing a little bit of lacrosse and he was actually damn good at it and he got into high school and he's like i don't want to play sports anymore and you know i don't think it was because we drove him away from it i just think he made the decision that he did not want to play sports anymore and you know, so be it. It's what it is. And, uh, but you know, the good thing is he's as sharp as attack and, uh, he's smart. Um, that he's smarter than he gives himself credit for. And, uh, he'll be fine. Good. Yeah. I mean, sports definitely is not for everyone. It, it's, it is great team building and absolutely and, and help you learn different things, but you can also 
get involved in many other things that you'll get the same benefits from. Like, you know, that's something that, you know, we've discussed um, before. It's like, you know, that building thing and getting a bunch of guys from our areas together um, and just having a powwow and talk about the industry and how to make it better, you know, and uh, you know, it's no different, right. You know, teamwork, you know, you don't have to be in the same areas, you know, or you can be and still be successful, even if you have competition. Um, so, you know, those, those things aren't a bad idea for this industry. And I think it happens more than we think, um, you know, but, you know, I do think it's not a bad idea for that to happen. So I'll go back to the soccer field quick and then we'll go back to this topic. But so, <laughs> so he, he needs to regrade it. It, it, it's low lying. It, it's rolly. Um, it, it, it is what it is. It was a, a, lower budget field installation it's mm-hmm. what what could be done at the time so um he wants to aerate that area just because one he wants to help return some of the water back into the soil but unfortunately it's the one field that is closest to the parking lot so that's where everyone wants to go and practice each coach you know, mm-hmm. the first coach of the day gets there um but to help with water permeating through there you know at time of core aeration wh- what's your recommendation for that because he he'll do whatever i tell him and it's not he knows this is not going to be a beautiful manchester united field anytime it, it's it gets beat hard when's he gonna do it uh probably as soon as i get back from race day <laughs> <laughs> well then i guess you're gonna have to come to the warehouse and i'll load you up with some product um you know it, it's um i do believe this like i was telling you this enviro flight product i do believe that'll help tremendously um, do an application now and, uh, you know, at 10 pounds per thousand. So what do you, at? what's it like an acre? Yeah. I, assume, it's I a, presume. Um, no, it's gotta be a, a normal soccer field is 80,000. Is it not? Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure it is, but okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'll measure it quick just to be sure. I, I know he has changed a lot of his field down to smaller fields for practice and this, he has his play fields and this, this is a practice field. So which is smart. He turned them trying to take some of the wear away and, and do a short-sighted games and stuff. But I'll, I'll measure it, and then we can do the math. It's like 60 there. grand. It's like 60,000 oh, square yeah, right. feet, Six, isn't it? Yeah, 62,000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Um, So, you know, 10 pounds per thousand. So, you know, I, I'm trying to think. Do I, I wonder if I have that many bags. Oh, because this is all trial stuff right now. Oh, gotcha. Um, But even if we did a gonna, even if we did a lower rate, at, if that's all you have in stock and and – We'll, well, we'll we could do two there. things. We could do two things. There's a the biochar humic acid product combination, and then you know some of this uh, Enviroflight product. And I really do believe that that'll help you. And that's what I did here on my front lawn that helped me with this drainage issue that I had. I, it wasn't even like done for that, um, but that's what helped me here. So I do believe that'll help. And then in the spring, that's where um, you know maybe three applications in the year at two gallons to the acre of that nature's balance product um, to uh, help rejuvenate that soil, you know, as I call it, recharge your soil um, and help it loosen up, help nutrients flow better, um, help water (laughs) percolate better, things like that. Um, And and in turn, help everything work more efficiently. So yeah, I definitely um, want to talk about that for for next year as well. Cause again, he, he's, over the hurdle of replacing the turf inside three fields, I can't imagine what that cost. Um, and now he's looking to improve outside and, and get 
the pitch and they're decent they look good i mean i stopped mm-hmm. by 10 days ago to chat with them and they do look good but they could look much gooder <laughs> much gooder I, they, I but it. they just get beat i mean there's tournaments every weekend oh, on there yeah. i mean they're there to be used I mean, there's no rest time the All town right. where i live the town where i live um they don't want to put money into their fields and uh you know back when i was coaching emily and carson for that matter um you know they always look good when the season started in the fall in August, right? You know, but as soon like two weeks afterward, they just there was so much play. I mean, from five o'clock at night until ten o'clock at night, seven days a week. Yeah. And on the weekends, it was from eight o'clock until dark. You know, so, um, you know, the amount of that was like was there five fields at this complex, and then there was like. They only had played games at the, the Washington Lake Park where I live. And God, it, it, it's just so much play, so many kids in this town, travel events, everything. And just they, they could never, they would never spend money on the fields because they, they, there was so much play. And if they would just spent a little bit, they could have made it much better. And till today, I mean, the fields are crap. Um, it's a shame because we need to be, we need to have better fields. And that's part of the reason why I think club soccer has really exploded in our nation because they put turf fields in. Mm-hmm. I'm not a turf field fan at all. Um, I think turf is not good for the game of any sport. Um, I just, I see the rise of ACL injuries, um, you know, but we see it on, on regular turf as well. Don't get me wrong or regular grass, I should say, but not at the extent of turf fields. Um, You know, but at the same time, I understand why we have them because we'll spend 1.3, 1. 1 to $1.5 million for a turf field, but we won't spend $10,000 a year on a field to fertilize it. That uh, is it's crazy. so true. Well, the benefits. So we, we got a field early in the high school career, um, my boys, it happened probably two years before my boys got into school. And it was a donor, a guy that went to our high school, Ted Beneski, that um, became very wealthy through hard work and his own stuff and donated and, and paid for the whole thing. And it's awesome. Lights the whole bang. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about it, well, when my boys were playing was it was a huge home turf advantage because most teams didn't have that. So the role was different. You know, all that passing was totally, totally different. So that that played in their favor. But more importantly, like right now it's raining. So we were at the high school a couple nights ago to watch the girls play. And tonight's their senior night. Mm-hmm. And that field will drain like there's no tomorrow. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll hold it in the pouring rain. I mean, we'll put the wetsuits on and go check it out. But it... Oh, I, I definitely I, see the purpose of these fields. Don't oh, get me I, wrong. And I don't like them either for... Yeah. And the biggest thing is, you know, in our state, we we're very strict on what we can put down for products from eighth mm-hmm. grade, eighth grade and under. We can't do any control products. Right. I remember you telling me that. So those fields look like ass and these kids are playing on, on the right now that the crabgrass is all died on all the fields that you drive by. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. Um, and then they're going to put little Johnny on these Astro two fields with all the black pellets. Well, those black pellets are hazardous material. Yep. <laughs> It's all ground up tires well, and rubber, you know. And you I, look at the I, bags when they come in, the big super sacks, and they've got a freaking label on them. <laughs> do you know these fields are s- supposed to be sprayed with hydrogen hydrogen peroxide after so many uses yeah. to control diseases like yep. MRSA uh, and things like that? 
Um, yes, you're absolutely 100% correct. It's uh, those black pellets or even the grass. Um, you know, if somebody gets cut on the field, <laughs> where does that blood go? It's not draining through the profile. Or, um, or know, natural organisms in the profile consuming it, yeah, which people forget so, about. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, look, again, I'm not going to say we should get rid of them all because obviously they have their purpose, but um, it's not just putting them, putting them up and then, oh, it's honky-dory, everything's safe and it's good to go, But because it's not. Um, I think we need to realize that and start maybe treating those fields the way they should be treated. Um, but um, I don't, you know, I'm just a turf guy. Yeah, and I, I get it. So back to the networking part, we'll shift over to those gears. Um, equip was this week. The old yeah, GEI. I, and mm-hmm. and I have not gone. And every time I say, oh, it'd be really cool to go. And then... I was going to go this year, and the, but I didn't. In the turf world, you know, here you are cramming to get your last applications done in New England, let's say, that I'm used to. Because we have leaf season, seasons coming. And we've got pouring rain right now. We've got 40-mile-an-hour winds going to come in on Sunday and blow. So hopefully they shake a ton of leaves. <clears throat> excuse me, between race day and what I have to finish up with tick sprays on my, on Tuesday, Monday, I've, I have four lawns to put in. I just found out it's crazy. Not, they're not complete. One's a new pool install. The other's a new customer. And I have no idea what happened to his grass. Or his <laughs> pool area. No idea. B- blown away. Uh, okay. So that's a brand new one. Actually it's, it's three. Yep. Three. And another one of my good customers, um, he ripped out a bunch of shrubs and topsoiled it, and I have a LT rich plugger, but I have the seed uh, slice seeder attachment for it, and I use it on new soil on the new construction, and I'll use that around the pool as well, and it does a phenomenal job of just sowing nice and cleanly, leveling everything off really, really well, even though everything will be raked. So, um, you know, I have that Monday, Tuesday, head down to. Jersey Tuesday afternoon, stay over Wednesday, come back. So then it'll be Thursday, Friday. So hopefully it gives the maintenance guys some time to get some of the leaves up. And then when I get back, I'll jump right on round five, which will be all athletic fields, which will carry me through probably the following week. So hopefully we get some of those leaves. But yeah, to go to one of these events in October, and then you hear all these guys, Paul Jameson and all of them, just book it in your calendar and do it. And you can and work backwards. Turf maintenance is a little different because our timing is very, very yeah. crucial compared to just mowing or, all right, we're going to cram all our mowing into three days and take three days off. It's it's hard to do that with turf. So someday I would like to go, but what they do so eloquently is the networking part of it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the event, all the podcasts that I listen to, really, it's not so much about the products. And sure, there's plenty of products out there. Now, Spencer Lawn, he has a product division with his... Uh, shoot blocker and this and that and the engagements that they have from literally dark to dawn of networking groups youtube groups how to do this how to do that that's there for the lawn maintenance side there's nothing for the turf they're really management there there is not much at all not saying that we all couldn't go to them and learn and i think we could all go there and teach some of the maintenance guys some health of lawn that would make their business better as well. And I, I would love to do that. But you know, it it just goes back to your part of putting something together eventually someday of a networking group, which would be really cool. And it would be hard to do an in-person because it would be a big 
commitment on people to travel from a certain distance. So if you're just doing it in one area, let's say Central Jersey, you know, yeah, you could probably get a decent amount of people there. But is that going to be fair to get to everyone else? And maybe it just has to start small and then we can get bigger from there or we do it electronically. But I think there's value to it. And I I would have no problem writing an agenda for it and then sending the agenda out and then it getting polished up from there. Um, but there's, God, there's so much education that could be brought out that I want to learn about. It's not even so much that I could teach people, but man, there's so many questions that I want to ask other companies that we really can't. That's why I want more people on the show so we can badger them with their their successes and their fails so that we don't make the same things. That That's what I find valuable. You know, um, trade shows, webinars, seminars, they're awesome, right? You know, and something like that. I actually spoke to one of my customers today. I actually thought he was going to go there yesterday, and uh, but he, he wasn't. He's kind of local. Not local, local, but he's close to it enough where he could drive to it. And um, although when I thought about going, I was going to take that 11-hour drive because the airfare was ridiculous. But yeah. Um, and he said that yeah it was it was all it was all equipment you know there was about you know four or five maybe six fertilizer vendors there um or chemical vendors you know things like that it wasn't a lot of that it was mostly equipment um i didn't ask him he didn't say much more than that that was really the only i just wanted to see if it was maybe worth my time to maybe maybe a you know, do an event there next year, you know what I mean? Or do have a booth there next year. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's the case, but you know, you know, like Atlantic city shows coming up soon in December and, you know, the, the biggest argument, I guess, you know, vendors have with trade shows is, you know, is it, is the return on investment there? Um, you know, these things aren't cheap. Um, you know, I know Atlantic City is tough because you have the draw of the casinos and the bells going <laughs> off all the time and, you know, all that stuff. Now you got horse betting there going on and all that, you know, it's just so there's a lot of excitement there that, you know, kind of distracts you from actually going to a trade show. And as look, many of my customers said, say to me, yeah, we do it to support the industry. But a lot of my customers, customers will tell me like, yeah, I was there. Well, how come you didn't stop by the booth? I'm like, for what? I'm going to see you next week anyway, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, 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 for vendors, I think it's just more about, um, you know, supporting the industry, um, not necessarily, you know, trying to make sales out of it, but it would be nice if more people stopped by the booth just to say, Hey, you know right. what I mean? Right. Um, not really the selling point just to say, Hey, um, but you know, that's just me. I'm sure other people feel that way. And, uh, but I also know that, uh, you know, later on in the evening, like on the one night there, you know, there's a big party and I see everybody there, you know? <laughs> so, but you know, these larger events, like, uh, the one thing I'll say is like, and I wish we had this maybe in the lawn care side is the golf market has a show every year. Um, and it's one, like it's on the East coast in Orlando this year it's in Phoenix oh. or else, you know, so that'll, that'll be different. That's the first time I think it's been there. When typically is that? Uh, it's the, usually the last, it's either goes in from the last week of January oh, into shit. February, or it's the first week of February. It's always around um, the Super Bowl time. I will tell you that. 
Um, and you know, this year, like right afterward, the Phoenix opens that, uh, you, if you wanted to stay, you could go to the Phoenix open, which, uh, oh man, I think I want to stay an extra day or two to go to that. If you've never been to that golf course, oh, TPC Scottsdale, <laughs> what a phenomenal golf course, man. Oh my, I've never played it, but just walking it. I was actually, the last time I was there, I was there with so my daughter was 13 years old. She made the ODT, ODP, which means the Olympic Development Program, um, a national team. Um, and so she went out there um, for an event, and there was a, <laughs> a gentleman in the airport. <laughs> it still makes me laugh when I tell this story. Nick DiGiulio, um, never met the man ever. And he was having a problem getting a rental car because his license was expired. Oof. How he got on an airplane, I'll never know. But, you know, um, it was- so <laughs> is what it is, right? So he ended, I, I was like, look, you know, I'll help you out. You know, just I'm staying here if you want to get a hotel here, you know. Um, he was from Pennsylvania. So um, we got to know each other. You know, we, Spent a lot of time together that week. Went back and forth to watch the girls, and um, wow, what an ex- what a, an ex- exciting time! And then we got to go to TPC Sawgrass, and it was like, wow, holy! I've never been there, and it was awesome. Um, and uh, that actually led to where my daughter played club ball over at Penn Fusion in Pennsylvania, and uh, we got to know each other. And she went over there, and the first time she went over there, the director of coaching over there called me on the phone the next day and just basically was like, you need to bring her here. So that's where she ended up playing club ball. Um, and uh, if you've never been there, go. How many, <laughs> like how many t- day event is it? The golf show? Oh, it's four day. Uh, oh. The golf show is, well, if you're going for points and that kind of stuff, it's like all week. It's like, really? one, uh, I think it goes Sunday to th- Friday or so, Sunday to Thursday. So, uh, but if you're just going to go to the trade show, it is, I think it's only two days now. And I think it's Wednesday and Thursday. What um, what size is that in comparison to? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. So it's not as big as it used to be. Would residential turf benefit from going to that? Uh, so you had to think about that. So no, no, I, I no, I think you would actually. It's just it's not it's not that kind of equipment. So like if you're looking to buy equipment for home lawns, no. But if you're looking to learn more about the fertilizer and chemical side of the business, I don't think the classes are going to do you any good. I could be wrong. I think it's more geared to the golf side. Um, but I think if you're in that area or you want to fly out there, I think, yeah, I, I think there's some good um, companies out there. You know, I mean, the hell, that's I've met a lot of our business partners um, at these golf shows. Um I think it's a great net for the golf side. It's a great networking event. Um, people I don't see all the time. I see them there. We have a drink, you know, have a coffee in the morning, whatever. And uh, I have friends that I have uh, out in California that I see at every golf show. And we go grab a cup of coffee, um, usually on the Wednesday or Thursday in the morning for 20 minutes to a half hour. And I'll see you next year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's it's a great networking event. I think, you know, a lot of parties going on, but you know, you, you have for the parties, you have to be members of the associations. Um, they are very strict on that. 
But for the learning aspect, learning new products, and yeah, I think it's good. It's just not going to be geared to lawn care. Um, so, you, you, you know, you're going to have to figure plus, that one. So. Plus, you got to dress to the nines because the Rhode Island one, when I go there, it, it's – it's yeah, yeah, totally, it's not, totally different. It's not than, jeans and a t-shirt. No, event. No, um, no, no, no. You know, it's it's not that it's jacket and tie, but it's khakis, yeah, golf shirt, jacket. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. People have broken the barrier and they're wearing shorts and golf shirts now. You know that, and that's fine. Um, but it's not. It's definitely not jeans and a t-shirt. Um, you know, it's not not welcome. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not the style. Um, so it is a great event, uh, but I would love to see a lawn care event like that where it was, let's just say we put it right in, I'm just going to say Chicago, cause that seems to be the center of the universe, right? Um, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it seems to be all the connecting flights to go through there, to go over to California. Definitely seems. probably the easiest to fly. Yeah. Of, yeah. Probably the least expensive too, to be honest with you. I don't think anything is anymore. There. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. But um, no, obviously they would have to have a big enough hall or convention center for that, which I'm sure they do. Um, it would have to probably be somewhere more in the suburbs, like a like a Schaumburg out there or something like that. Um, I've been out to Chicago so many times. I know the outer cities there. Um, soccer events. Got it. <laughs> um so I would love to see something like that where, you know, all your major vendors get to, you know, have their booths. You know, you have your Steel Green, your Toro, you know, all the equipment manufacturers get together and do it and um really, you know, have a big event for the lawn care side. Um cuz they're they're mostly regional. Obviously, I think we all know that. Uh regional or local. Um, the tough thing would be is to get pesticide credits for every state. That would probably be the hardest thing. Yeah, and but that's I, probably why it doesn't happen. Maybe, but and, you know, me just saying, I at something at that level, I wouldn't even worry so much about the credits. I mean, because it's it's fairly easy enough to get them locally to what what you need. But I think the power of networking and meeting all like minded people would be more important to me than the credits themselves. Because if you're not working on your credit slowly like our we have a five-year renewal my my year's up this year so i'll it all goes by the alphabet of where you are in your your last name but my credits are all up obviously i'm gonna get five more next week which is amazing they're kind of a waste because i'm gonna cash them in i'll i need i think 12 i'll probably have 24 25 to give them but it is what it is um but just having that network or group of people to be able to really just friggin' Be open and honest about stuff because there's there, we're kind of like out on our own little island. We we really are. I mean, there's so many maintenance guys out there that are bumping and grinding, and you can see what they're doing that's working or equipment that's great. But whatever comes out of the hopper or the spray tank is kind of top secret with what we do. And it would be nice to know what others are doing in the same climate that you're in, but maybe not your neighbor. You know, I think I've said this before. You know. I think there's enough business out here for all of us, um, especially on your side of the business to, including mine. Um, I, I think there's enough out there where it shouldn't, shouldn't really matter. I think there's some good networking things going on out there right now. Um, I think sometimes they might get 
thrown off because I don't know questions get asked answered the wrong way or whatever you know people get bent out of shape um on some of these groups but um i think there's a lot of good networking events that are going on maybe we're a little bit tentative to and you don't even need to say what you're doing maybe it's the type of product you're doing right um you know there's a lot of smart people on our side on your side of the business golf market lawn care ornamental sod farms like some of like two of my sod farms they're farmers man <laughs> you know they are farmers and then two of my other sod farmers that i deal with are just they're turf guys you know what i mean so you know it's 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 funny because it's you have to put on a different jacket when you're when you're talking to them and um because you know they're taking care of bent grass. This one's growing tall fescue and bluegrass, you know, so it's two different mindsets going into it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we have that on the, on the lawn side too, because obviously we have how many different climates, climates in turf in, you know, the United States, cool season, warm season. And I think you have combinations, um, so many different grasses in different regions and where in, say Florida, you're doing a whole different program than you are here in the Northeast. Hell, I think in Florida, and don't quote me on this, I don't even think you're allowed to put, I don't know if it's just nitrogen or it's NPK. There's a blackout period in the rainy season in Florida that you can't put down. Like, I think it might just be nitrogen. I I, I don't know this for a fact. I, I know it's either just nitrogen or it's all NPK well, in the in the summer months. Well, I know they have the highest water table around. And two, if there's any listeners out there from Florida and want to chime in on a message to us when, and we can get the right information out there. But that does make sense because their water yeah. table is extremely high. Extremely. Yep. I mean, I think it's part of the... Isn't, isn't Long Island that way too? The water table's high Long on Long Island's Island? Long very... I mean, and all I of New York is very difficult. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why they're... Restrict, restrictions are a little bit tougher. Um, nothing's as bad as California, but um, I do I do believe that that's one of the reasons why their restrictions are a little bit tougher up in New York is because of the water table. Um, and I think their buffer zones are a little bit uh, wider or longer, however you want to say that. Um, so, but I I think everybody could learn from each other in different regions. And I would love to see that where five people come from the Southeast, five people come from the uh, Northeast, five people come from the mid Atlantic. Cause the mid Atlantic is a whole different ball game than, than us, you know? So, um, you know, the mid Atlantic is battling a lot of problems that we have faced up here in the golf market for a while. Now that's down in the mid Atlantic. It's those ABWs, uh, black, uh, God, I can't even think of the real name of it. Um, I can't even think of it anyway. Annual bluegrass weevil. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. There's still a problem here in the Northeast, but they seem to have migrated and they're getting really bad down in, in the mid-Atlantic states. And, um, you know, hopefully those mid-Atlantic courses reach out to the people in the Northeast to find out what's really working for them. Um, there's a lot of good tools for that. Um, I think it's probably one of the, most besides maybe grubs probably the biggest 
expense in golf for one insect. One. There's not like 27 varieties of annual bluegrass weevil. There's <laughs> one. And But the problem is, is that they are they build resist chemicals build resistance so fast that they became a really, really, really bad problem because we didn't have a lot of tools. Now we have a lot of tools. And I, that is why I think in the Northeast that the, the populations are dwindling. And I think that's the case. I don't know that for, for a total answer. I think it could be the fact it could be that it could be the weather that we've had the last few years. I have no idea, but I just remember three years ago when March rolled around, that's when the, the phone started ringing about send me this, send me that, send me this, send me that. Now it's um, we have a lot of tools in the arsenal for that problem. And it seems like we are getting them under control. Um, and I hope that's the case because dude, I got to tell you, man, they were, I have a golf course that I deal with that I used to call him. I, I still do, but he doesn't, hasn't had the problem in the last couple of years. He's gotten the populations under control, but he was the blue annual bluegrass capital of the, of the world, man. When, when they became a problem, he was the first one that had the problem. He was a trigger, huh? Oh yeah. He, it was, he was the epicenter <laughs> of uh, annual bluegrass. weevil. It was unbelievable, man. Where everybody a golf course literally five miles from him. No, no, not even five miles, probably two. And by air never had a even quicker. Never had a problem. Really? Same kind of climate, same kind of line golf course with with uh, evergreens and our pine trees and things like that. Same kind of soil, never had a problem. Baffling. Mother Nature's wild. Yeah. And um, but now I do believe that he has them under control because the chemical companies have, they definitely invested some time into solving, hopefully solving that problem. Hopefully we don't overspray yeah, yeah, these right. products and not rotate and cause a resistance issue. So there's probably about, I mean, there's, I could not, I might not even be thinking of some of them, but there's about 10 really good products, I believe in the market today. And I would imagine they probably use at least three or four of them and rotate them throughout the season. So if not more, they might use every one of them for all I know. I know one course of mine was spending like $25,000 a year just for annual bluegrass weevil control. Could we imagine if we had that problem in lawn care? Uh, people wouldn't pay. <laughs> We'd be Honestly. seeding every year. Yeah, We'd be yeah. seeding every year. And it it's sad because I think people sometimes just rather – be reactive instead of proactive and, and that mm -hmm. can get you in. And sometimes it can be nice, but you know, what, what I've seen this year here and just seeing the, the results of it now is we have creeping bent up here. Like it's going out of style, heavy clay soils. The rain has just done beautiful reproduction of it. And then when we had some issues and disease and the stress that we had, it laid down and died big time. So now you're starting to see those sprigs come back through and the, the, the haunting's not going away. It's coming back. I was just on one today. And his backyard was decent, but it was where his playscape was, and they removed it. And I don't think they did much to it other than rake the mulch away and throw some grass seed on it a few years ago. What did you buy for grass seed? But it's the exact footprint of where it was. And he came out to talk to me. He's like, hey, what do you think's out here? I'm like, well, what's changed back here since two years ago? Oh. <gasps> 
Playscape's gone. I'm like, yes. So you did the seeding and, and I've had a, a couple customers says, oh, I'll just grab some seed and put it down. And I go there and I see the blue seed. You know, it's the, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. sky. It's just, oh no, well, it's. You know, coated seed, look, two years ago, coated seed. I mean, <laughs> one of my customers can attest to this. I mean, actually three of them. Um, I mean, we had, it was, it was, we started seeding. Well, there was, you know, we had a seed shortage, right? And so coated seed was very out talked about. We sold quite a bit. We brought in a couple of loads. We sold almost all of it. And, uh, I did my lawn with it. I saw germination, but I wasn't like, hmm, blown this away. Is awesome. Yeah, I wasn't blown away, but I never thought because I it, it, I just overseeded. I didn't do any kind of seeding. I just overseed. Like I didn't do any core aeration or overseeding. So then I got a call from one of my customers. Um, I don't know, probably like, let's call it the 18th of September. And I'm like, dude, just give it time. It's been very dry. We just started getting rain. But, you know, just give it time. And I, we had the, uh, it's actually last year, not two years. Yeah, well, I guess you can call it, was, it two years. It was actually last year. Yep. Um, we had our race day. And he was there. The day after the race day, he calls me up freaking out. And I was like, all right, dude, let's go look at some lawns. Dude, I went and looked at, I don't know. 30 or 40 lawns with them. There wasn't a blade of germination, man, none. And then, then the domino, then it was the domino effect. <laughs> it, um, another customer called, then another customer called the seed company came out. They sent two truckloads of seed, got everybody's seed. They had to redo all the, all the jobs, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, they got compensated on the time. You know, everything was handled, you know, 100%. I just think it was a it was a bad situation with seed. Whether Whatever happened out there, I have no idea. The, the weather was bad. But then I, I've talked to people who use coated seed, and they absolutely love it. And when I, I'm not talking about what you buy in Home Depot and Lowe's. That's not what I'm talking about. Um you know, I'm talking about, you know, coated seed or putting a biostimulant on it, um, things like that. There are guys out here who do that, and then we can make it a color so you can see it visible, you know, um, and they love it. And there are biostimulants out there that will help seed germinate faster, um, you know. <laughs> so they're out there, and people are using them. Um, it's just that last year we got a, I didn't bring any in this year or, or we didn't as a company. Um, you know, we just are not going down that, tr that road again, but we have ryegrass that has biofusion on it. And man, the people who used it, they were like, damn, this shit's awesome. Um, you know, but we don't, I don't really, I haven't really pushed it because of what happened last year, but I definitely think it has its place. I just don't know um, if it's going to be – we can't get past it's only 50% seed. You know what I mean? On top of, I think – and this is just a long shot, but 
There's so many Stinger slash Lesco spreaders out there. Yes. So many of them getting in the market, which you cannot use coated seed because it gets hot in that hopper. It's crazy. That thing turning around and it melts. What it gums up is what happens. And if, well, that could be the humidity in the air, you know, and the moisture in the morning, right? Because, you know, a lot of times in the morning, especially in, in, you know, in the fall, you know, we get those really uh, dewy mornings and it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that it, it it's probably that. Um, and if there's somebody out there who does coated seed through those machines, prove it wrong. Let's yeah. let's go. Because yeah, reach out. I, de- I definitely think that it's something that can be utilized. Um, but we have they like it's not something I'm going to. Or I or turf trade is going to jump into anytime soon. I can tell you that um, they would have to like give us like you know six pallets and like let us give it to, like ten bags to like you know twenty customers or so. And hey, go test this product. So how how is coated seed comes from a total different supplier than let's say Mountain View or this one or that one or nope no nope. they can do it they got nope. it nope um, anyone know, can do it that's blending seed yep. Yeah. Basically, it in a nutshell, it's a clay carrier that's put over top of seed. It's a shell that they they manufacture over the seed, right? And you can impregnate it with a wetting agent, biostimulants, humic acid, beneficial microbial products, chitosan, things like that, right? Um, and the con- coated seed's been around a while for a while. Uh, but it really got big last year because of the seed shortage. Um, yeah, I know there was people out there, oh, that's bull, that's crap, you know, you can't use that, and they proved us right that year. <laughs> um, but um, I do believe it has its place, and, you know, I think moving forward, it's a good idea to maybe get a biostimulant put on it, maybe make it a, when I say coated seed here, I'm talking about the biostimulant and making the seed, like, bright orange not a coating just a colorant that goes on the seed so your homeowner sees it um those things are definitely popular out there i know a company down south that i think a lot i think mostly every uh seed that they sell has some type of proprietary product on it if i'm not mistaken and they they sell a crap load of seed um, but it's not coated. It's just got a biostimulant on it. Um, we did it, and we sold a bunch of ryegrass that way, and it and it works. Um, but it doesn't add a lot of money to the grass, so I never really marketed it that way, but maybe I should. Um, but it definitely is something that I think we need to think about for the future. Um, but, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You can't just do it by the pallet. You know what I mean? You got to do it, you know, with multiple pallets because they're just not going to, it's just like, you know, a custom blend, blends custom and pre-emergence. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, they're not going to do one skid. You know, most companies are 11, 10, 11 skids or a truckload when it comes to a combination product. Uh, to be honest with you, anymore, I think a lot of companies want to even go to that with just regular fertilizer um, because, you know, one machine goes, one blending machine goes down. Now you're stuck and 
you know, so anyway, it's um, I definitely think it's something that can be utilized on, on the seed uh, standpoint. Yeah, there's oh, we'll see. There'll be some new technology in that as well. Something I'd mm-hmm. like to do. I'd like to I'd like to visit a fruit blending comp- uh, plant. That'd be pretty cool just to see the process of it. I don't think it's oh. I don't think it's that exciting, but I'm it's I'm, not. I'm not that exciting. So, well, you know, <laughs> let me rephrase that. What what I think people's perception of a fertilizer plant is is that it's this lux luxurious. I can't no. even say the word. It's like you know the Cadillac of everything, and it's just the way they blend it is you know they could never have a mistake and blah 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 blah. Well, you know it's just bins full of raw materials, man. And they put it into a blender, they weigh it out, they put it into the blender, and they mix it all up however many times the thing goes round and round and round. It's it's not an exact science, you know. <laughs> Scary. Um, but, yeah, but at the end of the day, 99% of the time, it comes out great. Yeah. Are there some times where you get a bad batch? Absolutely. We've all had um, those. We've had. I, we've all I, had them. We've had them this year with our with uh, even sixteen two three. We had a uh, we had a little bit of a chicken poultry shortage, which I did not know about until like about two weeks ago. Um, and uh, you know, I had a couple calls about man, this chicken poultry is a little dusty. Um, I'm like, okay. So obviously I made the call and like, Hey man, you know, we're getting some complaints and, but it was because they had to change their source, but now they're back to the original source. They don't have the problem anymore. And, uh, hopefully we don't have another chicken poultry shortage. Um, but you know, these things do happen. Um, I, you know, it's not, it's not a perfect science and yeah, it's cool when they bag it, you know, cause it's all automated when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, you know, the whole blending side of it—it's really nothing special. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the concrete plants. I've been to cement blocks being made, Unilock tour, all that stuff. So I get it. All these dry products being brought across by vacuum systems and yada yada yada. But it just how many products can they make and change in a day? You know, what is their their normal run cycle of of products? So you know, you hit them with a couple orders. How many different blenders are they going to use? Because three other suppliers are looking to get blended products from it would just it would just be cool to see the process and what they can actually produce and how big their warehouse is and how long it has to it can't sit there before it has to move out so they can make room for other stuff you know i think the biggest obstacle these fertilizer suppliers have or blenders have right now i think it might be straightened out now for the most part but during COVID, whoo Man, they were going through employees like it was water. And I mean, I still hear some nightmares out there that, you know, something that might have been made had to be made today got pushed back two days because they had people that didn't show up. Um, But during COVID, oh, man, our one blender, they were they were six weeks all year long. Really? It was not. a Oh, yeah, dude, they couldn't. They had COVID outbreaks every every couple of weeks. People were afraid to come to work. You know, it was not a good situation. Um, you know, hopefully that subsides and it doesn't get bad again. I, I mean, I was on the phone with one of my fertilizer suppliers today, and he just got back from a trade show down in Alabama, I think he said. And he's uh, – he thinks he has COVID. He sounded like crap oh, when I was talking to him. And I'm like, he, he started coughing and you could hear it in his voice. I'm like, dude, 
I'll talk to you next week, man. Get, go <laughs> go get better. Go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah. Stop talking to me. Go get better. Um, God, my dog keeps sitting on the cords. She she, <laughs> she has wants to be walk. with me. She wants she her has walk. to be with. Oh, no, she did that already. Ah. Um, but you know, it's it's not an exact science. I think liquid wise, it's pro- it's definitely more of an exact science. Uh, not an exact, but it's better, more precise. Than maybe yeah. the gra- yeah than the granular. Um, you know, so, and there's just much more flex, like you can do more with liquid, you know, where granular, I could be off on that or this number, but you can't like, let's just say I wanted to do a fertilizer with like, I don't know. I'm just going to use enough three gallons to the acre of humic acid in the fertilizer. You can't do it. You know, you can't put that, that much, much volume on a product. Yeah. On a you just can't, um, where, in liquid, you can combine a lot of different ingredients as long as they stay in solution. And look, sometimes these solutions, even when they're stable, they do fall out. That's, you know, I do encourage that no matter what kind of a liquid product you're using, shake them all. Even if it doesn't say shake well on the top, like some do, um, shake them all. Because, you know, if it's going to sit in your garage for two months, there's chances are some things are going to fall to the bottom. Guaranteed. Um I had a situation uh, earlier. Was it earlier in the week? Or was it later in the le- later last week? And um, I can't remember. But I mean, it's getting rectified. Um, but it wasn't a. It was a couple of jugs of product that um, there were some flakes on the bottom, and it was really bizarre because not something that should happen with that particular product. And uh, I mean, we're you know we stand by our products. It's going to get taken care of, and hope the customers out there spraying and. He knows what he needs to do when it's all said and done. And, um, but you know, it's, there's always, you're always going to have a product that has some issues once in a while. It, it's just the way it is. I had it um, with, with the weed control the spring. Yeah, we exactly. Back, you know? And there's sometimes weather conditions are so severe that even in that jug, it can cause your jug to have a problem. So, you know, it's, what there's no, you know what people it's one don't of those things that happen a lot of people don't think of it and i only know this from the trucking side of it is let's say it's made in a manufacturer in a, in a plant put in jugs put in boxes put in pallet put in a truck that truck could be going from coast to coast going through every possible temperature environmental change from humidity to cold to hot to sitting in a warehouse to sitting in a a tractor trailer i mean just the heat that produces in one of those during the summertime when it's sitting so it goes through a lot. Then it comes to you, and then what are uh-huh. you putting it through? So it, it is, it, like oh, you said, what, things are going to happen. Well, a couple of years ago, we had a really, really cold winter up here, and I think it was actually our first year buying these products, our Foliar Precise products. And um, we had an order, and we needed it just to get deliveries out the door more than anything. Customers were complaining, but, you know, in the spring, you know as well as I do, the spring, the weather can change on a dime. And yep, you know, one you day it's go, 12 degrees. Go. Yeah. So we wanted the product up there. They could not deliver it because past Virginia, dude, it was like 15 degrees. And, you know, they could not have that on that truck because they It'll did not up. want to have that chance of freezing. Because there's, there's products that if they freeze, and when I say freeze, I'm not talking about like, you know, a little bit of coldness and it gets some icing in there i'm talking about freezing you know they they have things in there that can fall out so um 
But for the most part, that doesn't happen. Um, but I've seen it. Um, I've seen hell. I've seen products where guys leave it in a storage shed and it was freezing all year, all winter long, and they go to use them the next year and it's like crystal, and they put them back in solution and they work <laughs> fine. I mean, I wouldn't encourage that with some products, but some products, a lot of products it. will be okay. Nah, I I put all mine into heated areas. I keep it all and consume i have a corner that they all go into and stay nice and warm because i don't want to take that chance i don't yeah not not everybody has that luxury though unfortunately yeah i get it you know i have some customers who you know from the day one you know you know they'll they'll have like 10 gallons left at the end of the year and you know we'll hold it for them um you know they'll take it the next spring you you know it's it's what it is so i just want to touch on one uh turf maintenance lawn care event that i'm actually going to go to that may interest people it's called the the lawn care life conference that is down in springville alabama so i'll be going down there in february which is cool um i no i don't think ian was going to yeah i think yeah ian is going for that from kansas Mm -hmm. i guess so he's gonna be down there i also think john benefield who um he is going to be on. He's crunching on seed time, so he's definitely going to be a guest. But I'm pretty sure he went to it and will be going. It's pretty close to his area. Um, but it is supposedly more geared towards the turf management side of it compared to the maintenance, even though some of the guys they have there are in the, the management field. Um, but I think that's more from the business side of it. But it's it's very it's, – it's cheap. I'm not even going to say it's reasonable. It's, it's wicked cheap. So Paul Jameson came together with Jason Creel, who's the YouTube guy um, – seen him around and then alan hain who's really gone from the the turf management business to the dyi side of it now so he's he's going to be there as a speaker and a few others um Brittany and caleb allman and who's the other guy i can never say his name i'm going to butcher this <laughs> let's say i have to see it right in front of me nailer terrafriaro I, I can never say it. the lawn care rookie but he's a big lcr media is his company he's big into the media side of it but anyway just there are a few events out there totally dedicated more towards our side but not anything like the equip and and i think the um, is it the equip yeah because the gie was the old one the equip thing that would be beneficial and i wouldn't even really care to see much about the equipment because i've been around the equipment my entire life and mm-hmm. i know what the newest things are i did see the hopper that you sent me and i have seen some more posts the granular hopper for the xl which looks pretty cool um yep it would definitely be the classes and the networking and and there's no credits it is what it is but i think it's just of always looking to improve yourself on the business side of the business because we work so hard in the business, we don't spend enough time working on the business. And some of us don't have the luxury of having a couple months off in the wintertime to work on the business. You know, they're going around the clock and it makes it even harder. You know, I know I have one more round to go. I can't wait just because there's so much back end work that needs to be caught up that, that I look forward to. But a lot of guys don't have that that opportunity. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, there. I mean, I was talking with a customer this morning or yesterday morning, actually, not this morning, and um, I was calling him because I'm like, "Hey, you know, are you coming to the race day? You know, because he usually always comes." And he's like, "Oh man, I, I just don't know if I can break free." You know, and I'm like, "Well, you know, over the winter time, you do this too, and like, you need to get your points, man. You know, and uh, um, he's just one of the, he works all the time and he never stops and." Uh, you know, it's these 
classes, whether it's ours or whoever's, I mean, it's not just a class, it's the networking side of it. Like there's going to be at ours, probably I'm going to say 75 to 80 people. Um, right now I think we're at 71, I think. Um, so I would imagine there's going to, you know, cause some people just wait to the last minute. It's just the way it is. Right. Or they, and, and I see that they, they don't, not that they don't plan, but sometimes at this time of the year, it's hard for them to the plan. Mm-hmm. So they don't know if they're going to have that time to break away. I get it. Mm-hmm. I just committed. I'm like, I have to start going. And I think this will be a good me breaking away at this time could lead to possibly breaking away this week, next year for the, the equip and go there. You know, I, I have not really sat in a class in a long time, except for stuff that we do. And, um, you know, I think one of the objectives that I'm going to do this year at the Atlantic city show, um, the New Jersey turf show is, Go to a few of the of the classes that intrigue me, or maybe a couple of them that I don't know anything about, or maybe one that scares the hell out of me. Right. You know what I mean? Like that you're, you know, not adverse in, and you feel stupid, whatever it might be. Um, you know, because like I like I always say, <laughs> I learn every day, man. Um, whether it's a turf problem, a tree problem whatever it might be there's you know any type of problem so it, it's it's how you learn from it that makes you better and um you know we all make mistakes and that's just the way it is and uh it's how you learn from them that makes you a better person so that's the new jersey turf grass association mm-hmm. expo so that's december 5th yep and that's a th- th- and it ends on the 7th so it's a tuesday through a thursday correct i actually think it's uh I think there's some stuff on Monday too, if I'm not mistaken, class wise. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe they shortened it this year to just those uh, three days. That might be possible because I don't think the attendance was so great last year. Um, I had to go. I let went early. There was something I had to do. I I was there Monday Tuesday because I had some customer meetings on Monday. Um, and then I was there Tuesday. I don't think, yeah, I don't, we didn't do the, we didn't do the event last year. Um, because the, the attendance hasn't been that great over the last few years. And we just decided to not to do it this year. We are, and I could be thinking about two years ago too. I can't remember. Um, but last year I had to leave on Tuesday for something and I can't remember what it was, but anyway, be that as, as it may, it's a good show. Um, Good networking. There's a lot of good food, um, a lot of good classes, a lot of good speakers, uh, some good parties. But like I said, some of the parties are meant for the golf side. Um, but you know, but I'm sure that there's other parties that I'm not thinking about. But it's a good event. Just don't get just don't get suckered into just gambling while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's something I never part. have to worry about. I don't gamble, yeah, so I could I, don't I could walk either. by it and I love to watch people gamble. Oh man, my extent of gambling is gambling was when my wife and I were in Las Vegas oodles of years ago, and um, we went for like a four day weekend. And the last night we were there because our flight was like. I think it was like five o'clock in the morning or something, or we had to be at the airport at five o'clock. So we just stayed up all night Oof. and we, and we 
played the penny slots for like three hours and we had the best time ever. We were, I was smoking cigars. We were <laughs> having some cocktails and um, just every time we won, like there was, I think I won like a thousand pennies once and I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we were just having a good time. It was, I think it was like the first time we went away without our kids. Um, I think our daughter was probably like four or five and our son was like three. And it was like the first time we went away without wow. them. Uh, for a four-day getaway or something like that. Um, and uh, it was fun, you know, but to go gamble. No, I'm not a gambler, and I don't fault anybody who does. It's just I'm not a gambler. I like my money, and I don't like the odds that's put in front of you. <laughs> I definitely could see how people get addicted to it or attached mm -hmm. to it, let's say. And, and I do have an addictive personality, so I've just decided I don't want to know enough about it. I've there's some friends of ours that go up and they will play blackjack and they will do very, very well. And I am not one of those people that could handle that situation up and down, up and down, up and down. And no, as I, as am I, um, I mean, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but like I chewed tobacco for a lot of years and it was the hardest thing I ever had to do, man. And I, I guess, is it what four and a half years now? Oof. One day I woke up and I was just like, what the hell am I doing? And I just quit cold turkey and I Oof. have not looked back since, man. Don't get me wrong. The first couple of weeks, woo, woo, that was rough. And my wife did not like the fact that I chewed. I would hide in the bathroom and when I wanted one and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I quit and it was very painful for a couple of weeks, but I got through it. And uh, I have not looked back. I've never even had the urge after those first couple of weeks. No, not not even the urge. Nope. Like hear, I, and I drive smokers. a lot, and and that was why I it was so hard for me to quit because of driving everywhere. And you know, it was. I had to get over that hump, and then once I was able to, like, I think I was the first test, the hard test, was driving down to Virginia Tech to go watch my daughter play and not, and that was by myself because my, it was probably like a, a Thursday game, like one game on Thursday. So my wife didn't go and I went the whole way without chewing. That's a seven hour, six and a half to seven hour drive. And I was like, all right, if I can do that, I'm done. And I did it. I didn't chew the whole time I was there, but I chewed on the I, way home. No, I didn't. <laughs> so what was, um, what was your, uh, a flavor of choice or product of choice? Oh, God. Well, first it was Kodiak, wintergreen. And then Kodiak got expensive. And then I switched to Grizzly. Grizzly. And wintergreen only. And Oof. every once in a while when they would run out of it, I would get like, I don't know, like a, whatever the other, cool mint or something like that. But um, don't get me wrong, man. That stuff is addictive as hell. And man, once... I don't even know how to describe it. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I've never been a, you know, addicted to drugs or anything like that, but I guess nicotine is a drug. Oh yes. Um, it's just one they can tax. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no kidding. And, um, it was, um, you wake up in the morning and it was just like, Oh, you know, it's just like, it was, it was a fix. Wow. You know, and that's no other way I could describe it, man. And like I said, 
I woke up one day. I mean, my wife knew I did it. She didn't like it, but I never did it in front of her. That was that was the crazy part, man. I never chewed in front of my wife. Um, I chewed in front of my kids. Oh, that, but I that, never, that must but have been I just hard chewed. to time all that out. Yeah, I never chewed in front of my wife. And um, but she knew what I was doing. She's my wife is not stupid. Trust me. Um, and uh, just one day, dude, I'm telling you, it was it was April of 19, I believe it was. And I just woke up and I'm like, all right, I'm done, man. This is enough. What am I doing? For who? For what? like pulling Allen Iverson or who, Ricky Waters, whoever that was, for who, for what? Um, and I quit and I haven't looked back, man. So how, how many years did you consume it? <laughs> Probably, let's see. So that was, let's just call it, what, three and a half years ago? So I would have been 51. Um, probably, um, I'm going to say 14 years old. Oh man. Yep. I played baseball. Damn. Actually, I'm going to say it might've even been 12, not 12, (laughs) 13 years old. Um, I played baseball growing up as well as other sports. Um, and my, not my oldest brother, but my next oldest brother, he still chews tobacco. Um, and he chewed in one day I was like, Oh, give me some of that. And he did. Nobody Damn. knew any better back then. We were all stupid about that stuff. Oh, back I'm then. still stupid. And um, I was like, and that was Red Man. Yeah, that was the Leaf, Big stuff. Leaf. Yeah. And uh, the first time I did it, man, I swallowed that stuff and bleh, threw up all over the place. <laughs> and uh, a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh, let me try that again. And I did, and did that for a while. And then, like, once I got done playing baseball, then it was the snuff. And uh, I so probably Kodiak and uh, Grizzly probably since I was probably eighteen. Um, so that's how many years. That's a long time. Yeah, that's impressive. And uh, it, I wish it was not that long, but uh, it was. And I look, you know, it is what it is. You learn from your mistakes, like I said. And uh, um, it was definitely. I'm glad I quit. I, I don't look back at all. Yeah. Um. You know, but at the same time, I like you said, I understand why people like get addicted to things, man. Um, it's anything can be addictive. Oh, whether absolutely. it's you know beer, alcohol, chewing tobacco, cigarettes, food. I mean, Christ, how many people are addicted to food? Um, Me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I'm love food to too. I love food too. That's why I work out so I don't can eat a little bit more. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, it's uh, you know. I'm glad I did, and I hope uh, other people will do it too. And but I also don't judge. Um, you know, I have friends who still do it. I have superintendents who still do it. Uh, customers that still do it, and they do it in front of me, and it doesn't bother me. Um, I don't even ask. Uh, like one of my customers, who will sit in his office for a couple of hours and just shoot the shit for two hours and talk five minutes of business, and uh, I hold true the whole time. And when I when I first started doing business with him. Yes, we we were chewing. <laughs> and uh but now you know when I first quit, he'd be like, You want me to stop? I'm like, No, you're good, dude. Yeah. Like I gotta learn, you know, I can't just be protect you know, yourself from it at all yeah, places. Exactly. So I gotta if I'm gonna have to get through this, I have to you know, you have to do it in front of me so I can get through it. So anyway, um, how did we get on that subject? No idea. I don't even know how we got on that subject. But anyway, it's uh it was. I'm glad I did, and I, you know, look, 
like I said, you do, you do, you, you want to quit, quit. Um, it'll, it'll be worth it. Yeah, I'm sure. So I guess we should probably bring this thing to a screeching halt since we've been talking all kinds of weird things other than grass. Well, yeah, I know this is like a first, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little, just a little bit. I think it's just we're kind of in a tweener. We're a tweener right now. We're kind of in between seasons yeah. a little bit, taking the hard break on seeding, going into our closure up here in New England, and then you know it'll allow us to get more detailed into the finance side of it, which we really want to go down and, and mm-hmm. talk in numbers. Um, so next week is race day. So any of the local 25th. people down to you guys in, in the Jersey, Delaware, Maryland area that haven't signed up and have been invited, you know, please do. We are going to um, podcast down there. So anyone that's going to listen to this on Tuesday prior to and going to be down there and want to be on, you know, reach out to us. And it doesn't have to be a hour and a half podcast. It can be some short little excerpts and, and get you on and, and go and get some questions answered about your business and you can answer some to ours. Um, I, w- what is the timeline of the event itself, Doug? Start, finish, What what does it normally roll? a good question yeah i didn't i didn't even look and um neither really did i to be honest with you i don't even know what time i'm on at this point i'm yeah. still all right no worries trying to finish up my i want to say it's like 7 30 to 3 somewhere around there might you know somewhere around there 3 30 maybe got it um, um like i said i'm i still have to do about two or three more slides of a couple products and uh you know like for mine i'm i'm gonna talk like i'm gonna do some quick things about all of our products, not all, but like our staples, but then I'm going to really dive deep into like, you know, four or five and uh, a couple of the new products. Um, I'm going to try to, I guess, um, do some open-ended questions to get some interaction. Yeah. You know, cause we, I think we all, we all go to these things to get points, but I know sometimes they can be, you know, but um, I'm going to try to, do some open-ended questions to try to get some answer or some questions going and um, see how that goes. Cause you know, make it a little bit more energetic, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but uh, you know, hopefully uh, everybody learns something from it and gets something out of it. Um, you know, good food, good talks. If you're racing. Great. I think, 45 people are signed up for racing right now. That's awesome. Um, so I'm That's not cool. racing again. I can, I can probably guess that one. Why? Um, oh, cause I think there's just a lot of people signed oh. up for racing. I'm not going to take anybody's spot, Got it. but if I want to, I'll just go down there with Al one day, you know, if I truly want to do it, it's not that big of a deal for me. I've never done it, but you know, if I can, I can, if I can, I can. Um, but it's, it's a really cool facility. Um, Steel Green will be there. If so you're... Steel Green will be there, or you'll yep. bring no, one. Steel, uh, Cody, is that? Let me make sure I have that right. If it's Cody, um, he texted me last week because he was just at GIE. Yep. Right, I'm sorry, equipped. I'm old. <laughs> Shit, what is? How do you spell his name? Cody, a uh, Codish K O D. No, not that Cody. Oh. The other Cody. Oh, there's something wrong with my phone right now. That uh, matches your computer. Um, yeah, no kidding. Are they bringing machines? Yes. No So, kidding. oh yeah. So we will have, don't quote me on this if we're, yeah, I don't know why I know I have his number in my phone. I can't find it. Anyway, um, Cody is coming. He was the guy that was at the field days in New Jersey, uh, doing the demo. Um, really cool dude. 
um, really down to earth, um, easy to talk to. Um, he's coming with, I want to say he's coming with two of the XLs. Really? One with one with just the sprayer and one with the hopper, if I heard him correctly. Um, and then I do, I'm not 100% sure if we're bringing R52 or not. Um, and he, I think he might have said he was bringing one of the smaller ones too. Um, but anyway, he will be there um, doing demos. Um, you know, if you're not a Steel Green user or you're looking for a machine, here's your opportunity to go test drive one. Um, did you? I don't know if anyone saw the uh, uh, whatever that expo was out there. What's that? Whatever that's called. Um, there was a guy that was test driving one of the one of the Steel Greens, one of the smaller ones, and <laughs> I don't think he ever drove one, one a machine before. He was going all over the place. It was pretty funny. I mean, the first time I got back on one, I did the same thing. Yeah. So I can't, I can't uh, really comment too much on that. Um, I'm, I'm a rookie again when it comes to that. But I've learned how to use it. Um, still not saying I could do it the way all you guys do it, but, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a good event. I can give you about five and a half weeks of practice. Yeah, well, <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew you were going to go there. You uh, cut in, I'll I, do the big field and be done. When I when I come up uh, <laughs> to talk early order, we can go do a few lawns. How about uh, that? No. Um, Last thing I want to do. Oh please, no big deal. Anyway, um, it'll be fun. Um, so, uh, it's it's kind of a unique thing. It's not just speakers. There'll be. Uh, some people in the back in in like table. Uh, Mike Blatt from All Ball will be there. Um, again, I, I don't set like I'm not. I don't really set this up anymore. Uh, Jessica handles all that now, so I'm not really sure who who's going to be there. I think Bill from Quest will have a booth. Um, a couple others are going to have a booth, and then Steel Green will be outside uh, doing demos. Please pray, pray for no rain. I don't think there is any in the forecast right now, but um, I just can't remember who else is in there. Um, hold on. I'll tell you in a second. Give me a minute. Start talking, Kevin. So it, it, I looked quickly, and it looks like we have a stretch of decent weather after Tuesday. We could, or, well, up our way, we're going to have supposedly our first frost, decent frost. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens with some cold temperatures slowing things down. But um, it after that, it looks like it's going to be 50s and 60s during the day for the rest of the week. So if we're going to be okay. 50s, 60s, you should be that plus, I would think. Typically, you're okay. a little bit warmer than us. Yeah, I just I haven't looked at the weather just to see. No, it doesn't. I don't see where it says who's going to be there. Um, but I, like I said, it's, it's not just a, you know, you can talk to some vendors to learn about some products i'm sure some guys probably want to talk to mike blad about sublime um and get some more information about that um I, we're, we're gonna have a turf trade full uh foliar precise or organic precise table um by all means anybody who wants to come up and talk to me after the fact um please i encourage it um or if you know if you if you don't send me a, an email, send me a text message. Um, I'll be more than happy to discuss things with people. Um, and uh, trying to think who else is going to be there vendor wise. Um, Quest, us, All Ball, 
and I, I'm I'm sure there's a couple others. I think New Trade is going to be there. Um, Interesting. That's Randy Ryder, really good dude. Um, and uh, other than that, I, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. So, um, like I said, I I don't get into that side anymore. Jessica handles all that, and uh, it's a lot of work, man. I mean, it's it's not easy to put one of these things together. There's a just getting the credits is a full-time job and yeah she does a good job doing it that it, that part yes i mean putting the event together i could see being difficult but then when you go into being approved for the credits like anyone can say oh, i can do credits but you have to have accreditation for oh, the credits. you have to it's have crazy. documentation man and you got you know you gotta say what you're gonna talk about you know just like one of the things you'll find is in this talk you'll hear me Talk about, hey, you know, reading the label, you know, read the label. It's important. That counts for core credits, you know, so proper mixing procedures. Like I'll spend a little bit of time talking about all that kind of stuff. Not a lot on my end, but all those little tidbits count for core. And if you're in New Jersey, we got four core credits. That's a lot for a set for a seminar, one day right. seminar. They don't really give out a lot of core. So um, I think it's 10 3B. I mean, it's huge. Um, you know, so kudos to Jessica for the time that she spends on this because, you know, not it's not just the credits. It's setting up the speakers and oh, Atticus will be there as well. Um, we had a last minute cancellation of a vendor and we had to get one put in. Um, you know, so it's. It's the behind the scenes stuff that we all don't think about. Just like I'm sure like that New Jersey turf show or the, the one up by you, the Rhode Island show. Yeah. I can't imagine having to be the person to put all that together. Oh, but they have, I mean, the organization oh, yeah. does it, but it's, it's, yeah, yeah it is big. It's, it's at a big convention center. It, it's, it's fancy. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, if you're, if you are going, you know, introduce yourself to uh to jess because uh she's the one that put it all together um you know it's uh she does a good job looking forward to it looking forward to just doing something other than fertilizing (laughs) i can i can definitely understand that i'm getting tired Um, you know it's it's weird you know the spring obviously you guys didn't have a lot of breaks because no rainfall uh, going into June and then July, even though it rained a lot, you still didn't have a lot of breaks. No, there was only I've only had two days that I haven't gone to work because of rain. They they fell on it ruined all our weekends. It was <laughs> we've had oh yeah we've had the worst like summer weekends up here to do anything with, which kind of stunk. But was able to get most of the work done most of the time. Either it rained mm-hmm. in the afternoon or the night. But yeah, they. I, Typically, don't take rain days. I'll work in the rain as long as it's nothing ridiculous and you look like a fool. Um, but this year, I had to. There was a couple of days you just you just couldn't do anything. It wasn't worth it. And I beat the rain. It, it it's supposed to be late morning up here, and of course, I was on my first lawn at seven fifteen, and one that I could be on that early, and it started raining. It, just again, the the job to have as a weatherman. It just be yeah, awesome. it'd be no awesome. doubt. All right. With that said, we we flapped the gums long enough. Um, said if you're in Doug's area, the Jersey area, it is worth reaching out if you want to get to the to race days. If they haven't reached out to you, 
Um, other than that, we will be broadcasting from down there recording. So we hope to have a bunch of different um, people on and, and some different episodes, some different conversation going on. But again, we always thank you for listening. Um, like, share, subscribe, get the audience bigger. Winter's coming. We'll have a lot more time to get some more creative stuff going on. So if we don't talk to you before then, we will talk to you next week. Douglas, sign us off. Well, like I said, like Kevin said, we have our race day next week. I hope we see you all, some of you there. Yes, sir. Um, it'll be a great event. Um, I think we're through seeding season for the most part here in the Northeast. And uh, let's get those winterizers down, put our lawns to bed, and let's all start doing some networking over the winter time. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. We are always interested in topics you want us to dig deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question from the link in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends so we can all be better turf managers and successful entrepreneurs.